This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. Now you've sampled and reviewed lots of food on air. Is there something that stands out for you? I had sea cucumber. I had to eat that on TV. And bird's nest soup, which actually has saliva in it. We didn't want to offend people when doing the segment because for some, you know, part of the world, it's a, you know, a delicacy. The other thing that I had to eat was a lamb testicle. <laughs> it was actually good. Uh, I tried to think if I ate both. I'm going to go there. What does it taste like? What's the <laughs> texture? You know what I'm going to say, Mary? Oh, it tastes like chicken. That's the multi-talented and hilarious Kelly McDonald. He's the man and radio host of AMI's Kelly and Company. Welcome, Kelly, to the Kitchen Confession Podcast, and thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna dive right in. Let's start with you went to W. Ross McDonald, correct? I did, man. Yeah. Was it something that you learned there, or experienced there, that got you involved into um, audio? No. Well, I, I don't want to say there. I think my father when i was um, a kid my bro- dad brought home from kmart i think it was back then they started with these cassette tapes of old time radio and he brought one home i think it was inner sanctum mysteries was the first one and i thought well that's really really nice that's really cool so i started listening to that i started listening to a lot of uh, baseball when i was a kid so i got really fascinated by baseball broadcasting and radio stations in general then i started and this was just i think before I started going to W. Ross, maybe, maybe into the first year at W. Ross, I also was uh, horseback riding then and uh, at the a Special Ability Riding uh, Academy that uh, is just north of London. And one of the sidewalkers there I learned that would walk along with us uh, when we were riding the horses worked at local radio station CFPL Radio. He was in the music library. So back then the music library was just stuffed full of albums and records. So he became quite a resource for me and my buddy uh, to, to find anything out we wanted to know. We'd call up, hey, Vic, can you tell me what year this and that came out? And hey, how about the extended version of that? Like nothing anyone else cared about. Nobody wanted to know that or how to find this obscure record. He knew all that, or at least he could research it. So he would let me come by the radio station on the weekends. So... I would meet different people doing news, uh, go into the studio and sit quietly while the guy was on air. And um, I met another significant person at that radio station, Bill Brady, quite a London, Ontario figure. And he was doing a talk show and he would bring me in, same kind of thing. Once in a while, I could come down and visit. It was really a lot of fun. So that's where I would say the interest in audio first started. And of course, when I got to W. Ross, at one point I ran a little radio station there using the old notorious Mr. Microphones that uh, the one I had was actually illegal in Canada. It was so small it could have been used as a bug. So so I used to hook it up to a um, bent out of shape clothes hanger for as a microphone stand mm-hmm. so it would be up at face Girl, level. you're kidding. Oh, yeah. And then I'd wedge it into something and it just had a microphone, a transmitter. I think the, the broadcast sphere that could go about 120 feet. So it would cover off the guy's dormitory. Really? Yeah. It was just so much fun to play radio. Open mic all the time. So anything you said in the background, you could hear us faintly in the background yeah. over the music we'd play. And that was the days of pirate radio as you recorded everything off the radio and stuff like that. But Do you remember that? A- you recorded on a cassette. Oh, and it was awesome. And I even off AM radio where there was music played back <laughs> yeah, then. It's true. No one does that now, really. 
Uh, so that's, that's how I kind of got the interest and then started to learn a little bit more, get a little bit better, but, uh, you know, with, with quality of recording, audio and things that you do and don't do, uh, and a lot of that self-taught with advice from people in the industry and made sure I went to every radio station in the city, was quite well known to get a start on those stations I would hit up once I finished school. So you basically went from MacGyvering your own <laughs> radio, yes. radio studio yeah. to co-hosting Kelly and Company, a live uh, radio yeah. show? Over a course of 30 years. Wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, actually, sorry. I, I guess I should really say about 40 years. <laughs> 40 years. <laughs> when you think about the interest and when it started and, and being a little guy and doing that, uh, and then getting into college was a bit of a, a trick too. I actually never took anything like talk show hosting. It wasn't a thing as, as much then for local or national broadcasters. You had your, some of your, your big guys doing it, of course, in the mid nineties, but not quite the thing. So we were still learning how to DJ. Uh, I think we had one interview that in the whole two years that we had to do with a significant person that we try to land and do a 30 minute interview. Uh, and then when I left and got to AMI, I was doing production work. So again, another 10 years of production, uh, volunteer coordinator, because we had volunteers at that time for uh, AMI-audio. And then when the TV side came along, uh, getting on television and then circling back to K&Co. That's fantastic. Okay, so what people don't know, like me, I have a retinitis pigmentosa. You have something similar. Lieber's congenital, which is in the RP family, though. And I got diagnosed, like yourself, originally with RP and the behavior was different because I have family members that have it too on my mother's side. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand how they still had a lot more vision than me uh, a lot longer. Right. Okay. So through genetic testing, they discovered, oh, no, it's Lieber's congenital, which I mean, the upside to that is there's a lot of things, whether it's stem cell research going on. There's so many things talked about. Mm -hmm. And being researched that maybe down the way something will come, whether it's in my lifetime or not. Uh, but yeah, basically RP, because I think we have the same tunnel vision issues. Mm -hmm. So with RP, it's over time. Yeah, I find, well, for me anyway, uh, and anyone that I know that has been converted over, because I do know several people who were RP and now Liebers, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, you have less vision to start with. I, I always say to people, well, I grew up basically not totally blind. I had usable vision. Uh, it was helpful. And now... Once I got into my 40s, it started to decrease right. for me right. to where now I'm not light perception, but I tell people, just treat me like I'm blind. Okay, Kelly and Company, yes. what's it like co-hosting a live radio show? When I first got asked to do the show, it was absolutely amazingly exciting, the concept. And I don't actually think I thought about uh, other than guest backing out or something like that. What do we do to fill the segments? We We had the ideas. We got the contributors. And when we were on the air, we started thinking more about, hey, what happens if someone doesn't show or, or calls us, uh, you know, I'm not coming in. Mm -hmm. Do we have time to do this? Do we have, what do we do about it? Uh, I think that's probably the anxiety. Like for me, it's like going to class every day at two um, and letting you guys, Mary, as contributors, teach me all sorts of stuff. And we facilitate that, that vehicle. So um, follow-ups, you know, asking you the right question. So basically paying attention totally to what you're saying. Uh, is is a, is a crucial thing. Sometimes gets a bit lost, especially if ding, an email comes mm -hmm. in that you have to quickly address. Uh, in, in this world, for sighted people doing hosting of shows, they can look down at their phone and see this Twitter reaction or 
uh, something come in through Instagram or whatever that they're paying attention to um, or a text message or something from work. It, it's harder as a blind person because I use audio and easily can be distracted enough. So you start teaching yourself how to tune that stuff out. Reading stuff on air is a bit tricky. Uh, both Ramya and I tend to read by uh, listening to something and basically regurgitate it back. Maybe that's probably the wrong choice of words, but uh, spew it back. Uh, we, we set the sheets up uh, on our screen so that we can scroll down and take in so much of the content in our ear, uh, read it back, and make it try to sound like we're literally, as sighted people do, reading. So uh, doing a live show is exciting, thrilling. We try to keep a high energy, mm -hmm. as I like to say, like a morning show in the afternoon. And we want you to feel part of the Kelly and Company family and part of the conversation, even though, you know, I'm sure there's times people are at home yelling at their televisions or their devices. Mm -hmm. Ask this. Mm -hmm. Ask Mary that. I want to know. Mm -hmm. Kelly, Kelly, I'm talking to you. <laughs> and I think that's the most exciting part of anticipating and our spin on it as blind people, as you know, from what you do, Mary, mm -hmm. what you talk about every week on your podcast, on our show, uh, out there, what you show on Instagram and, and on ATW how you have to do things as that low vision person. And it's up to us as hosts to ask those questions and represent the community. Well, I mean, that being said, and I know I'm, I, I do this all the time. Can you think of a time when you actually, you said something and immediately wanted to kind of take it back? It's like, Oh yeah. Yesterday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. And that was another thing doing a live show, forgiving yourself and just saying, I've had a terrible reading week on the show. I'll, I'll I have a fair amount of content to read from our beginning of the show to each break to bringing the show back. The, the host of the show uh, reads all those things in our show format. Mm -hmm. And there are just days that I, I find it's when I'm in my mind double checking. Did you say that right? Or if I haven't done some vocal warmups and sometimes I like to not so much do vocal as much as tongue warmups, it's almost like my, I'm running in mud. So I'm slower. So my words will mix mm -hmm. up on me for some or, or, Oh, what did I say yesterday? I, I said while when I meant why. Yeah, and it's just little things like that, that I, I, and again, knowing the audience isn't hanging on every mistake and wait, that's number 12. Okay, but that <laughs> like isn't that. as bad as the one that I did. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Both you and Rami, we could not, I mean, after was just, but you called me <sighs> out. We were howling. Um, I meant to say gingerbread man. And I kept on oh, saying right. ginger man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. twice you let it go and I'm like oh god I can't take that back what am I gonna do and then we all started <laughs> laughing because you had said something like um okay so I'm assuming you mean gingerbread man not some ginger man <laughs> or something yeah, like that not a ginger man not a redhead yeah, running around like they like say that. the gingers and I'm like yeah look it came out I could not take it back at that point didn't know what no. to do so I thought just keep going <laughs> You know, that's hard too, Mary, to decide if you're going to call someone out. You have to know, like we have to know the contributors that, that are comfortable with that kind of thing, just as much as we do a lot of teasing. And I know Rami and I've had this conversation mm -hmm. with how much teasing can we get away with? How much, well, how much is enough or all of us will say some things joking around to each other. And there are times I'm sure we hurt each other's feelings, right? You just go away. Well, I don't really think that was appropriate, you know, that kind of thing. But you kind of suck it up. 
or sometimes you got to say, well, guys, don't joke with me in that. I'm, I'm not really cool with that. Right. And I think our team is really good. We tease, but I think we seem to know when to stop, but I'm sure there's times that one of us goes home. You're a jerk and ask for saying that. Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, or whatever. Um, and I think that's one of the things that having so many contributors, we have to be careful of. Right. True. And, and again, no one seems to infer that's enough. And I think sometimes by their response, you can tell, okay, you stepped over that line back yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and that's up to us to know because we'd never, you know, as joking and, and sometimes what may seem a little harsh and that we think we know the person enough to do that. And I know I've made it clear to people that, Hey, if I go somewhere you're not okay with, drop me an email and say, stay away from that. And that's what I'd appreciate because you don't know. And as a blind person, Mary, I joke a lot with people can't see their facial reaction. I cannot tell when they're bothered about something I say or do. I'm sure there's tons of that. Uh, The last thing I I really would want to do is is hurt someone's feelings that way. And maybe they figure, well, you saw my reaction. I wasn't jumping for joy. Yeah, but I didn't see the disdain in your face either. What's something that goes on behind the scenes that most people wouldn't know about? Oh boy. Um, Well, because I'm in London, uh, we had to work out not just, okay, the way we do the show, uh, we use a, a, a Comrex device, we call it, and um, it allows us to basically do the show over the internet um, using a gigabit service. Mm-hmm. And we have some other techniques. If we're in a place where we only really have cell coverage, we could do certain things. So when, because we're blind, Rami and I, we, and, and I worked this out with my previous co-host as well on the show, you know, like there's only so much leaning over, touching, poking, tapping a hand or whatever, if you could even find that hand, if you want to ask a follow-up question, let's say, as an example, one can do. So you obviously over time get the feel of the people you work with. Matt, our technician, and I used to, when I moved to London, use Skype so he could see my hand signals for responding to things he would say, or if there was something I needed or something was wrong. So a lot of that we we got rid of after a while because he knows the feel and and the sense of what the show is and um, how I communicate things. So we're we're good that way. Ramya and I, same thing. But during the breaks was where there's an issue. Hey, this has come in or, hey, I want to try this off the top or whatever. So how do we do that when we're no longer in the same studio? Mm -hmm. So we had to have a setup that allowed during the show, during the breaks, us to have that communication. So now we include it as the, the part of the Kelly and Company podcast where people can hear some of the conversation that goes on behind scenes. But that in itself, and being the only show that has the two hosts in two different places on the network, was a Kelly and Company, how are we going to do this, original figure out. And uh, great people like Leanne, who oversees a lot of our audio stuff, were able to kind of figure out using the software how we do it. And it, it, it allows us to have some fun, allows Matt to record a whole bunch of, um, I think as he refers to it, incriminating evidence, um, <laughs> blackmail material maybe. <laughs> so there's all sorts of that that gets around because we carry on. And one of the hard things when we decided to do the podcast and include some of those, oh, does Ramya have to watch her language then? <laughs> <laughs> we had to check with Andy Frank, our manager, as to how much what we could say, what, 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 how far we could go. Because we thought that would make an extra nice bonus for people and encourage them to listen to the full, complete Kelly and Company podcast. Right. Um, so I would say that's some of the things. I mean, we all know publicly food is a big thing for us. And the other thing I would say is we have a pre-show meeting at about 12.15 every afternoon. 
Uh, anyone who sits in on that meeting, we've had some just other staff or other people if we we're, if we're have students shadowing us or mm-hmm. anything like that for the show, which is a real thrill. They sit in and they realize, what the heck? The guys go over the show, check everything is in its place, every contact is all set. That takes five minutes. How can this meeting take a half hour? Because we sit there and carry on like idiots for, for, for 25 minutes of it. Are you into playing a couple of games with me? Sure. Okay. So we're going to do a game called This or That. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. All right. Are you life of the party or mingle and blend in? Oh, uh, life of the party. I was going to say, yeah. you don't mingle and blend in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I try to. I do talk to everyone, but I also am aware of how much time they can handle my blah, 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 blah. It's time to move on. But I also do it to be nosy to see what they're up to and, but you're and you know, just catch up. you're a life of the party up. kind of guy. Yeah, I love knowing and I love visiting everyone. I, I get that from my uh, late father as well. Uh, you know, he was Mr. Social, come mm-hmm. around. And you just check out and you and it also keeps me grounded on listening to what other people are doing instead of just being so Kelly Kelly talk. Okay, morning or evening? Uh, morning person. Bath or shower? Shower. New clothes or new phone? Mmm. New, new clothes, I would say. Football or basketball? Uh, basketball. Comedy or horror? Boy, that's a hard one. I, I'm probably going to say I love drama, but I don't count horror as drama. So I think I have to say I'm a bit more of a comedy person, even though I really love drama. Burger or hot dog? A burger. Dine-in or delivery? Mm, dine-in. Okay. Important. Toilet paper. Over or under? Uh, for sure, the over. Yes. See? Yeah. Yeah. Goes I over agree. the top. I agree. Reese's Pieces, M&M's. Uh, M&M's. Probably the nut. The peanut. But I do like both. So it's, it's really, you know. It, that's, that's tough. That's a tough one. I know. That is. Well, to talk a little bit about food and the show. Well. Yes. You've had the opportunity. Now you've sampled and reviewed lots of food on air. Is there something that stands out for you? Oh, gosh, Mary. We had some people come in. And um, I'm a big hot sauce fan. We've talked about that. And I've had, through our show, through my TV show, Blindsided, uh, the chance to try different hot sauces. And we always talk that we're going to have a challenge at some point to see how, you know, the different levels of heat, how much we can take certain certain people mm-hmm. now. Uh, my co-host is not one for it, but there are a few of us that, that really are. Uh, we had uh, some people come in. And they had hot sauces that we tried. And I ended up buying some bottles of it. Uh, and for me, hot sauce is something you put on eggs, you put on meat, um, fish particularly. I enjoy it on fish. And of course, in tacos and, and uh, uh, things, I really love it in tacos to the point where you, you know, enough to, it's one of those things that I will uh, put probably in overabundance. So you bite into it and it's squirting out of there it's like, like are you running like a down ghost, my hand are you a ghost pepper hot or, oh yeah oh, wow. oh yeah oh yeah I'll, I'll do that now i used to be ridiculous with chicken wings i notice i'm not anymore my my brother um was a former chef and uh he would try he would send home when my parents would drop by hey take these home for kel <laughs> <laughs> and he would i got like, to eat them and i could feel the hot peppers on the wings right like of the stuff he'd put on there because he'd make up special sauces for me and they're probably the ones that you'd sign a waiver anywhere else <laughs> like some big armageddon wings you know i had to do that for a blindsided episode and they make you sign the waiver we had ice cream on standby for afterward and of course water mm-hmm. and you had to eat so many of the wings uh and i i love that but i noticed now i've kind of backed off of it and mary one of the things that we've talked about is mess before 
I notice I've really turned about food because of mess and sauces. So uh, even when it comes down to recently us discussing Pancake Tuesday, what do you like, maple syrup or what? And I've always been a corn syrup person, but I don't like the messes anymore. So I eat a lot of stuff almost dry, which freaks people out. You know, waffles are great because you can put some fruit or something on there. Um, but going back to your initial question, I think that's probably been, been the thing. Now, again, going back to an episode of Blindsided, I had sea cucumber. I had to eat that on TV. And um, bird's nest soup. Bird's nest soup. Yeah, which actually has saliva in it. Oh, God. Right? Oh, like God, no. saliva. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> the cucumber was good. The, actually, the bird's nest soup... Uh, it was good. Who's saliva? And What's saliva? I, the birds. Ooh. A bird, apparently. Okay, you've yeah, had I, it. I, I don't know. I yeah. I, I, I they make it up. Um, it's a you know a delicacy. Um, because that was the other thing we didn't want to offend people when doing the segment. Because for as some, I am right now, you know, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you might be. Yeah, you might be like as you're shaking and <laughs> gagging and getting ready to really offend people. Um, the other thing that I had to eat as I actually blank on which animal it was, and I forgive me, folks, I don't remember, a testicle. Uh-huh. I'd have to go look at the episode, and I should have. I forgot. I, you know what? I didn't even think about bringing this up on the show. But I had to eat a lamb testicle. That's what it was. It was a lamb testicle. Oh, my God. Um, it was actually good. Uh, I'm trying to think if I ate both. Poor lamb running around. I'm going to go there. What does it taste like? What's the texture? Uh, you know what I'm going to say, Mary? Oh, it tastes like chicken. No, it, it had that <laughs> softness of lamb, a touch of the normal, you know, the coppery taste that, that lamb has. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of that. But it, it had, when she'd been into it, the texture of liver. Was it solid? Like? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like a little congealed. I don't think I could eat a congealed blobby <laughs> testicle. I can't even think. Look, I would have got I've, I've suddenly become 12. Every time I think of the testicle, I just start laughing. I worried about biting it and hearing... <laughs> You know, some kind of scream, like, you know, when you've been into it, it's like thinking of somebody getting, you know, getting bagged or do something. It's like awful. Do they serve it round? Like, is it, yep. or they, they, they don't fillet it? Or, okay. No, it just came in as a total, like, you know, they picked it up in the morning, brought it, all right. And I, I had to try it and then be told what it was afterwards. Oh, God, I couldn't do that. Oh, you, yeah. And and because I knew what we were doing as a segment, that didn't really bother me. I'm like, oh, well, you know, whatever. And and I've heard of people, you know, eating testicle. And I've, I've thought, I have. Hmm. I've heard of it. But yes. The softness was great. It was so soft. It wasn't like, you know, you think of, is it chewy or something? No, no, wasn't. Well, I would, At least yeah. the lamb ones aren't. They're not. <laughs> Next, we move on to bull. Yeah. They might be a little harder, you know. <laughs> Strong like bull. Yeah. No, With the testicle bowl. Oh, strong. Deeper voice, too, until you remove the testicle. I'm a mess over here. Oh, my gosh. I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Kelly McDonald, who's an actor and radio show host who began his career in radio 30 years ago with a tiny mic and a wire hanger. I wanted you to bring up Blindsided. It's a TV show. Blindsided, we've actually, um, we did three seasons. It's actually now just repeatable. You can watch it on the AMI app or off of the AMI.ca website. Uh, Blindsided was kind of a show that changed a bit every year, but basically I went out and uh, sometimes took on a challenge. I went on a field piece where I experienced something else and brought the perspective of a low vision blind person to it. With the show, we've gone everywhere, Vegas and, uh, you know, got to the whole Vegas experience, a bit of the strip and the Vegas racetrack was what took us there. Uh, I've done quite a few car things that, that 
I enjoy. I'm, I'm a big car fan. Got to fly an airplane for a while. What? Uh, so there's a lot of really neat things that I've had the chance to do with that. Did you drive the race car? Uh, no, that was uh, on the track pace car, uh, pace car that we rode around in. Uh, the thing that was really cool is we hung out in pit row. Right there Man, on right pit road. Did you drive it? <laughs> oh, gosh, no. But I was wild watching these guys change tires. Just whipping them off of the car in eight seconds. All four tires done. But it was you had to get out of their way. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would have ran you over as they're running to the car. Uh, so I had I had that opportunity to do a lot of things like that, Mary. A very lucky, um, you know, from axe throwing to uh, uh, going to some of the festivals. Like we went to um, Quebec and we did the winter carnival that they have out in Quebec City. Uh, we did a documentary when we went up to Nunavut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there you want to talk about some cool food. Oh, my gosh. Nice Arctic char up there. Some uh, uh, um, caribou. Oh, Arctic char. Mm-hmm. What's that? Oh, the fish. Arctic char. Really nice, And I call Mary. myself a foodie. We didn't get as much food. I would have liked different variations of, of char, some different variations of caribou. But we also know about the food insecurity up there, right? Yeah. There's so many vegetables were the thing we talked a lot about. Uh, the fact that, you know, you, especially in the wintertime, it's hard enough to get stuff in. Uh, so stuff is there for, uh, you know, quite a while being kept cold or where hopefully it doesn't go too bad. But you're not getting fresh stuff. You're just not. It's not happening, except the people who are getting stuff off the land. Yeah. So I had a chance to try some of those things and to make some bannock. Got that flour all over the place. How'd you do that? Um, well, we were working uh, together. They were teaching me how to make it and, uh, you know, with the flour, everything and how much to put in. I've one learned about bannock is how different it can taste in different places. Now, I'm probably people who eat bannock are out there saying, yeah, but it shouldn't vary that much. But I've had a couple of different kinds of banning uh, and I enjoy it. It's nice enough. Um, but I, I'm sure, and again, we're talking about some of the bannock I made. So who knows how real good that was to begin with. <laughs> but it was living those experiences and doing some of those things like that with the show, uh, with uh, ATW or doing documentaries or with Blindsided, uh, that really allowed me to get a chance to try some of those things. Noki. I was not really a Noki eater until I did a blindsided piece. Really? Is that how you say it? Is that right? Gnocchi. 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 Yeah. Gnocchi with more of a M sound, mm-hmm. right? No, it's perfect. Um, we tried it as part of the wine festival, the um, ice wine festival in Niagara-on-the-Lake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was different things that the chefs were doing, of course, to complement the ice wines. And that's where I first started to, oh, this stuff is bad. Now, I'm no expert on it. I don't generally, you know, eat it too often. But it was one of those foods that I would have probably never tried. Yeah. Except for, well. You it's know, pretty much a dumpling. Try it. Yeah. And I like dumplings. The old, my mother used to make those great old roast beef and dumplings. Those, oh, that was always red, a, red one bean, of my favorites. Red bean uh, and dumpling soup. Now, that would be nice. It's so good. And it's funny, Mary, because I'm not a big starch eater. Like, I'm, I don't like potatoes. We know I don't like pasta mm-hmm. too much. I'll, it's what's in pasta. Things like dumplings, though, uh, I like. And it's funny because, like you said, in that, it would be all wet and drippy and everything. But I'd love it because it takes up that taste of whether it's the stew or the soup. See, and that, that leads me to there are certain foods that I'll shy away from ordering. So when I go out... Um, if I'm at home, I don't care. I can make a mess all over myself. doesn't matter. Yes. Uh, and if I drop oh, something, yeah. it's, it's no big deal. I just wipe it up really. But when I'm out, I tend to steer clear from certain dishes, certain meals, um, even certain places. What about you? Really? Do, yeah. Do you find that? Only sauce. 
sauce, right? Anything that's saucy. I, I don't want to deal with sauce anymore. I used to love, you know, like if you had barbecue chicken, barbecue ribs. Now I'm a big, yeah, can I have the sauce on the side? Oh, what? You know, whether it's chicken wings, mm-hmm. or whether it's ribs. I mean, there are some things you just can't, they, they need it. it it's got to be with it. But I know even uh, as a kid, I hate it. Like I love a roast beef sandwich and I'd order them at places. So of course it comes out with the gravy all over it. And I would, ju- it would, I'd sit back in my seat and just like, oh no, what do I do with this? Because of the obsession of it dripping, getting on my hands. Then I got to go into the washroom, clean everything up, make sure it didn't get, you know, you just feel that that takes away the enjoyment. I can't focus on the meal. Now we're going to move on to rapid fire. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, fly. What's your junk food kryptonite? Oh gosh. I, I, oh, I had this too. Uh, well, anything chocolate, I really like chocolate. I would say chocolate peanut butter, such as um, the uh, Reese's Easter eggs. If you're talking something like a dessert, coconut cake. Mm. My friend Pamela's mother makes the most wild coconut cake. They're down in North Carolina, and I absolutely love it. So good. Okay. Five foods that you always keep in your fridge? <laughs> Cheese. Yeah. Uh, usually some kind of form of... Um, Oversalted meat like uh, kibasa or something, uh, grapes, yogurt, um, I, and and food wise, so I won't say milk, but and and you often carrots. Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back? Oh gosh, fedoras for sure. Love fedoras, <laughs> and men wearing suits more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be nice. I like it. I like suits. Favorite snack. Favorite snack would be, I think that's where the meat, cheese, and and fruit comes in. Um, and ba- basically different kinds of cheese, like a smoky cheese or uh, something like that. Mm. Or if I can throw some smoked salmon in with something, that's that's great. Favorite curse word to use? <laughs> uh, I would say probably shit. <laughs> bullshit, you know, or, or monkey's paw bullshit. That's probably my favorite. <laughs> Not going to put up with that Mary's monkey paw bullshit. Eat the testicle. Go! <laughs> Oh my Not god! Being testy. We are back to the testicle. Told you, it's, it's, it's those little things that run, run oh, through. Shoot. Okay. How about describing your cooking style? Uh, very hands-on. I tend to be a griller. I love grilling stuff. I love doing crockpot stuff. Uh, vegetables. I do like them, you know, cooked more than I do salad-wise. But I'll buy the you know salad in a bag and add some things to it. Primarily apples, cheese, that kind of thing. I would say that. I'm a more simpler style now. I'll experiment more with seasonings and, and, and a little bit of sauce uh, without trying to, nowadays, uh, make too much of a mess. Uh, I'm a, definitely a meat, vegetables, and quantity person. Want lots of food. And I'm, I'm of the old days where you have to have a dessert after dinner. I love asking my guests this to share a kitchen confession with me. I think we've shared quite mm. a few. Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things to have for a dessert is waffles and ice cream. Vanilla ice cream, and I've never been a big vanilla ice cream eater. I love having two waffles, like a waffle sandwich. And I first encountered this uh, in Toronto, and I'm trying to think where it was. It was one of the festivals around Canada Day that they used to have at Ontario Place. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I feel fully, you've got to have just vanilla ice cream, not chocolate. And I'm a huge chocolate fan, not strawberry. You could put strawberries in it, slices or pieces, whatever. It would be great, I believe, but I really, truly like 
the vanilla because as it starts to melt, it does what we talked about butter doing, mm-hmm. goes into the surface. It get, you get that milkiness. Um, even French vanilla doesn't capture how delicious it is with any waffle. Of course, the best one's waffles right out of a waffle iron. Not necessarily, though, a turn off if you're using Eggo waffles mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that either. So that's pretty well my, when it comes to something that I think is a really kind of neat little kitchen thing that a lot of people just like, it's so simple, but it's so good. So good. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, my face hurts. I've been laughing the entire time. You got a great laugh. You should laugh a lot. Thank you. Mayor, thanks for having me and thanks for being an amazing contributor to our program and being, you know, just a blessing to have out there in the community. I've always said being able to travel, being proficient in getting out of your your four walls and being able to cook and be self-sufficient that way, the most important items, especially when you're dealing with a disability. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew, and I'm Mary Mamaliti. See you at the next episode.